when I run um, when I run my campaign, the uh, diabetes people are going to come after me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the Wilford Brimley Memorial Foundation is going to come after you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> diabetes is not a joke. Damn it! <laughs> this podcast is part of the Red Five Network. For more Red Five Network podcasts, visit redfivenetwork.com. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. Hello, my friends. Welcome to another edition of the Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast. I am Roe, and across the hall from me is my, the butt to my scuttle, Mr. Scarif Brad. Brad, how you doing, brother? Your butt is doing great. Uh, by that, I mean I am doing great. Uh, it's beautiful here in Charleston. Uh, but uh, yeah, fam- fam is great, doing well. Ready to talk some Star Wars. We got some hot takes on this episode. People like these hot takes, you know. We just these are, these are random. You know, it's kind of how our, our our minds work anyway, just uh, all over the place. And usually, how we come up with our best ideas, just random tangents, and you know that uh, you know school talk that we talked about the the lunchtime uh, lunch table talk, as as we called it. So, Ray, talk about some randomness with you. How how are you, how are you? How are things out in Chicago? Pretty good. Chicago's good. It's cold. It was a nice day today. A lot of sun. I can deal with winters like this. It's uh, there's no snow. Uh, the snow is coming though, but uh, it, it's it's nice. It was nice and sunny. People were out today. It was kind of like the first day of uh, restaurants, kind of uh, allowing people to eat inside um, with uh, limited you know limited quantity and stuff like that. But uh, you know, and the uh, the force has been with you lately, huh? Yes, definitely. Uh, I have been able to uh, surround myself uh, with uh, force powers and uh, got into a little fender bender. Um, actually, I mean, that's not entirely uh, correct. Uh, I guess the f- the fender bender got into me because I was just <laughs> sitting in traffic waiting to exit and then uh, a, a little truck slammed into me from behind, uh, caused a five car uh, situation that... Uh, Luckily, nobody was seriously injured or hurt, uh, including me. Happy to walk out of that uh, accident, but uh, the vehicle that I was in is totaled. So your butt did get scuttled, but uh, all things are good uh, now. Yes, yes. And, uh, you know, I like when my butt gets scuttled every so often. I mean, yeah, um, as long as it's been manscaped, am I right? You are absolutely correct. And thanks for mentioning that. It just randomly came up, just popped into my head. You know, it's uh, always good uh, when these things are in good condition. And that's why uh, our listeners are invited to go to manscaped.com and use our promo code BEACHBALLS. Manscaped has all kinds of awesome grooming products, uh, you know, for for the nether regions, uh, for the unknown regions, if you will, the outer rim even, uh, wherever you might be. You know, it helps to keep you clean. And these are really great products. Oh, yeah. I uh, shave my outer rim uh, quite often with those. (laughs) <laughs> all the way to the mid rim and the inner rim man. so you gotta, you gotta keep it clean you know and that, that's what we do here on the show we keep it clean so go over to manscaped.com use promo code beach balls 20 off 
Excellent. And uh, free shipping, and you got a little uh, travel case. It's uh, really a great product. I uh, looked at, uh, you know, when, it, when I first got it, uh, you know, the clippers are really, really nice. Uh, I would put that up against any uh, high-quality clippers, but, uh, you know, 20% off is 20% off, so that's a good deal. Yeah, I was uh, delightfully surprised when you when uh, I got that in the mail. I was pleasantly surprised. So good stuff. Go over there, manscaped.com. Use promo code BEACHBALLS. But uh, as you've said many times before, we don't like to make too much small talk here on the Scare of Scuttlebutt. We like to get right to it. Time's a-wasting. Nobody wants to hear us yap. So uh, let's get some hot Spe- takes on some especially stuff. Especially about our nether regions, but uh, absolutely well, you never hot know. takes. Yeah, you never know. I mean... <laughs> We can start a uh, rated uh, PG-13 or a rated R uh, Scarif, but uh, I digress. Again, but I think we go with the uh, Scarif OnlyFans <laughs> account, and they pay <laughs> us to keep our clothes on. Exactly, exactly. We'd be rich. <laughs> We'd be rich. We asked some of our uh, followers, some of our listeners, to kind of uh, suggest a couple of topics, and I'm glad we did. We got some really great responses. Uh, every time we do, uh, last time we did a Tatooine uh, hot take, it was a live stream. We had some friends uh, along the uh, chat with us and uh, really great subjects. Uh, I do want to also mention that uh, earlier today, I think I posted a, uh, a thread regarding lightsabers. I was just kind of looking through my phone and I saw one of the lightsabers that I have, the a Saber Forge. I think it's my favorite brand. Um, and, uh, I just kind of, uh, nonchalantly posted, uh, to see, you know, what everybody's uh, favorite lightsaber is. Uh, do you have a lightsaber? I know we, I talked to Rob a lot about his lightsaber collection. Um, uh, do you, I, I know you've got some collectibles on there, but, uh, do you have yeah. a lightsaber? Not, not a, not, not, not a good one. Uh, so, you know, with, with four kids, you know, I can try to make things collectibles, but things tend to get destroyed uh, here uh, with so many Padawans running around. Um, I, we, we collect all the, the toy versions and the ones that you can modify and that sort of thing. Um, but of all the collectibles that I've gotten into, uh, you know, I spend most of my money either in the Black Series or uh, with, the, uh, uh, with the Pops um the funko pops haven't ventured much into the uh fancier lightsaber realm so uh, i like to look at uh what people have and i'm you know always duly impressed with with what they have uh, i know you've got some great stuff and uh, i know uh amanda uh one of our uh best patrons and and followers uh she posted a uh a picture of the the dark saber and it's been mounted and and that looks really nice yeah, uh, she got that uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, one of our little swag, uh, Scarif, swag, Scarif swag giveaways, say that 10 times, but uh, <laughs> it, it looked looked really nice on her wall, and uh, another one of our uh, winners, Vader Rapina, uh, he had posted uh, a similar picture of how he mounted his uh, Scarif swag darksaber, and uh, they look really great. Um, I know... We were kind of messing around uh, over the fact that nobody entered the contest, and I was going to send you one. Uh, but I'm really glad that uh, two of our, uh, you know, most uh, treasured uh, listeners and followers were able to uh, to get their hands on it because uh, they they really look great. Yeah, I'm glad they found good homes. Uh, couldn't couldn't be uh, in the homes of better people. So. Uh, thanks to them and congratulations to them and uh, they look great 
Yeah, and so Vader uh, posted a uh, picture of his wife, Rennie, with a uh, a lightsaber whip, which was really, really cool. I, I don't think I've ever seen one of those in real life. The lightsaber whip, uh, we'll ask him online and see where he got that, but uh, that's also really cool. A uh, shout-out to Rennie, Mrs. Vader Rapina. Yep, that's pretty awesome. Only uh, ever seen one of those in the, in the comic books, I think. Um, yeah, never seen one for real. That was pretty awesome. Getting down to Tatooine hot takes. Uh, I know, uh, you know, when you ask a Star Wars fan a certain question, you tend to get uh, a, a, you know, uh, quite a mix of, of answers because uh, one, we are very opinionated and impassioned about Star Wars, of course, as you bit. as you know. <laughs> um, but uh, we got some really great topics from some of our followers, and uh, let's uh, let's get started right away. So, so you yeah, go ahead. You want to go? All right. So from uh, Darth Hound, uh, do you think Mara Jade could or should enter the Disney Plus, uh, as, as he says, Mandoverse? Uh, if yes, how would you like to see her story play out? What would her function be in the story? Uh, and how does this relate to the possibility of a Thrawn trilogy? We've sort of spoken on this a couple times during our, our Mandalorian shows. But uh, what do you think about the possibility of Mara Jade joining the Disney Plus Mandoverse? So I'm going to kind of defer to you on this one. I, I, I can't remember a lot of what her story was. And I know that she is uh, highly connected to Luke Skywalker. And obviously the uh, latest, uh, the season, or the, yeah, the season finale, sorry. The season finale of uh, Mandalorian, we got to see uh, Luke Skywalker in action. Um, so I can kind of see where he might uh, think that maybe Mara Jade can kind of show up if they kind of bring her into the, uh, the you know, the, the storyline at this point. Uh, we will definitely see. Uh, obviously, I, I do think that they are setting up a Thrawn trilogy or, or aspects of the Tron, Thrawn trilogy at some point, uh, obviously with the advent of his name being mentioned uh, during the, uh, the the battle that Ahsoka had with uh, the uh you know, that, that character, I forgot her name, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, again, you know, Mara Jade is a very interesting character too, from the expanded universe and, uh, who knows what they're going to bring in. Yeah. And I think her, you know, her EU storyline, uh, might, I think there's a translation for it in our current Canon. And, uh, you know, in the, in the EU, she was known as the emperor's hand. Basically, she had a direct connection to Emperor Palpatine. Uh, they had a force connection, and he would, uh, she would do his bidding uh, throughout the universe, and that normally involved killing people. And uh, one of these was to uh, hunt down uh, Luke Skywalker. So at first, they were not, definitely not lovers, not even friends. They were actually enemies. Uh, over time, that relationship changed. Now, if she were to join the current canon, I could see her being, uh, we have now the Sith Inquisitors. And the Sith Inquisitors continued uh, throughout, you know, the entire uh, time of the Empire. So she could easily be one of these Sith Inquisitors. And, you know, if they're still around, you know, some of them may have uh, survived uh, the fall of the Empire. And, uh, you know, we still have those, uh, in, you know, the, the, 
the uh, emperor's uh, uh, droids there, the uh, whatever they called the the messenger droids. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they you know she could be sent to hunt down Luke Skywalker. Uh, we know what he's doing. We know he's uh, gathering young force sensitive students. Uh, so she could be out there, uh, and she might be uh, hunting him down. So we could see her introduced in a very similar way to, uh, you know, uh, how she was introduced in the EU. Of course, you know, most of my predictions with the uh, Mandalorian were, I think I was uh, 98% incorrect throughout those (laughs) uh, eight weeks where we discussed the Mandalorian. Uh, I was hoping for maybe a a Mara Jade. Of course, we got Luke Skywalker in the season finale. Just as happy with the Luke Skywalker uh, reveal. But uh, I think there is still a possibility for Mara Jade to enter this universe in that role. And uh, I could see, you know, them becoming uh, friends and lovers as they uh, were in the EU. And again, we've talked about Luke's character in The Last Jedi. Why is he so angry? Uh, Why is he so bitter? And if he were to be in a relationship with Mara Jade in that time and something happened to her, i.e. if, uh, you know, Kylo Ren killed her as well. Uh, that could give a reason for him to be so uh, bitter. Um, and that would actually add to his story. That would make The Last Jedi a little more uh, palpable for, for some of us. So I think there's still a possibility. And yeah, all that would uh, go right into the Thrawn trilogy. Uh, obviously, Ahsoka doesn't believe in attachment. So that would maybe create some conflict there if Luke has attachment with Mara Jade and Ahsoka's out there as well. Um, so yeah, I think it definitely lends itself to the story. Um, it's a possibility and, uh, I think it would make that Thrawn storyline even that much more interesting. You know, you said, uh, how the Mandalorian is kind of, uh, using some elements in the expanded universe to kind of tie some things together. You mentioned obviously the last Jedi. And I think, uh, I, I think that would be a great idea. I think, you know, in order for us to kind of maybe, I don't know, quantify Luke's, um, the way his mental state is at the time we see him in The Last Jedi, that actually might be a really good way uh, of doing it. I think, uh, you know, obviously for a lot of people, uh, Luke's portrayal in The Last Jedi was a problem. Um, I-, I think this would go a long way, I think, to at least maybe, you know, help explain his his mental state. I think the fact also that uh, that Grogu was taken away by Luke Skywalker, and we don't see him in the uh, in the prequel in the sequel trilogy. Uh, like you said, if something happened to Mara Jade, if something happened to Grogu, for whatever reason, and you know this, you know this could really affect Luke in 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 a in a negative way. And I I think it's a, an interesting take. Yeah, I, I kind of like that. Can you explain a little bit, you know, where did Mara Jade come from as far as the Expanded Universe storyline? And I don't remember, again, I read the, the original Thrawn trilogy a while back. Was she in all of that? She, yeah, she was part of the Thrawn trilogy, heir to the Empire. She was okay. with Talon Card. Uh, he was, he, Talon Card was a big character throughout that trilogy, uh, sort of that rogue character. And, uh, you know, just like... Uh, the Inquisitor, she was taken at a very young age by the Emperor uh, because she was Force-sensitive and raised to be that way. Um, and yeah, like you're saying, uh, when we last see Luke Skywalker, he is the ultimate idealist. When you know, Whether it be Return of the Jedi, uh, Battlefront 2 storyline, or what we saw in The Mandalorian, he is the ultimate idealist. And if anybody can, or if anything can, you know, turn somebody from 
you know, being an idealist that like that, it's a uh, somebody very close to you uh, being taken from you. Uh, obviously, if Mara is not in the sequel trilogy, something happened to her along the way. So yeah, I could see that turning him into the character that we saw in the Last Jedi. It's time for the Jedi to end. That definitely would be an interesting turn of events. I think uh, you know what you said regarding her character. And uh, Palpatine, I think, could also kind of come into play uh, as it pertains to, you know, Palpatine's return. I think, uh, you know, they have a good uh, opportunity here to, you know, if they wanted to go that route to introduce her. Uh, she seems like she's a multifaceted character when it comes to Luke Skywalker and uh, Palpatine. So that could be a very interesting uh, turn of events, if you ask me. Yeah, and as far as I know, I'm, I'm thinking about it as we speak. Uh, as far as the Inquisitors go, I don't think we, if we know of their, you know, ultimate uh, fate at the end of Return of the Jedi, I think they're still there. Uh, I don't think they ever got destroyed along the way. Um, I don't think they ever got disbanded. So there is a possibility where Sith Inquisitors are still there, um, and they would need something to do, um, and they would be, you know without direction. So she could be one of those. She could be, you know, the 15th sister or whatever, uh, and, uh, just be out there and, uh, hunting whatever is left of the Jedi. So I think it's a possibility. Yeah, that sounds very intriguing. I think, uh, you know, as far as these, uh, expanded universe stories, uh, come, uh, and go, you know, obviously the folks at the Mandalorian show are taking little tidbits of this and that, and trying to kind of, you know, incorporate a lot of the story elements that uh, that we've known for for a while, uh, especially during the, you know, time of the 90s when we didn't have any Star Wars. We had stuff like the Thrawn trilogy and Heir to the Empire and some of the other books. So, you know, I'm looking forward to see where they go. I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, the next season of The Mandalorian. I know we have to wait a little while, but... Uh, uh, you know who who knows who's going to show up it's uh it's kind of a free for all now now that we know that uh you know Dave Filoni and John Favreau are are kind of in charge here you know who knows uh we might get some more surprises that uh, rival the surprises that we've had even in season 1 and 2 of the Mandalorian so i'm looking forward to that <laughs> yeah i think you know uh both Favreau and Filoni right now might be reading Timothy Zahn's work. Uh, I wow, think that, yeah. yeah, you know, I think that break uh, from the Mandalorian, like, like we said during those shows, like how do you top this? Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they set the bar so high for themselves and kudos to them for doing that. But how do you top that? Um, so if they take a break from that and they focus on the book of Boba Fett, read some Timothy Zahn in the meantime and some other EU material, they can piece together a very good Mara Jade storyline and they could, it could be completely plausible, uh, realistic and uh, emotional at the same time. If we see Luke getting into a relationship, um, you know, because he he is a he is a gentle soul, you know, and that's that was our issue. I think with The Last Jedi is he was a gentle soul deep down, but he had convictions. And, uh, you know, if his soul were to be hurt like that, you know, to have Marjay than to lose her, that, that would be powerful stuff, you know, because we have to assume that something happens to her. So, yeah, I think uh, I think we might see a lot more Zahn work introduced into the Mandalorian, especially since they've already strongly hinted at uh, the Thrawn presence there. But uh, that, that was a great question. And uh, 
And uh, thank you to uh, Darth Hound for that question. All right. Uh, another one of the questions you asked on Twitter, and uh, we got some interesting responses to that. Uh, if you were in front of the Lucasfilm brass, if you got to speak with the higher ups there, uh, Kathleen Kennedy or Filoni Favreau, uh, what sort of idea would you pitch to them? Uh, and uh, like I said, we got some good responses. What was one of the responses that uh, you particularly enjoyed? Well, there's one in particular that I really enjoyed. I enjoyed so much that I uh, sent it over to our voiceover guy, one of our Vegas voiceover guys, because I know Alex uh, over at the Salty Nerd Podcast also does uh, voiceovers. But uh, my uh, my brother from another mother, uh, Mr. Kane Blust, who does our Sentry Mode voiceover, um, I sent this over to him because I thought it was a very interesting concept, uh, something that uh, I think would be really cool to, to, to kind of sink our teeth into if it were kind of a Disney Plus show. Uh, but we made it into kind of like a little drama, a little uh, audio pitch uh, for a series or movie. But uh, I wanted to share it with everyone right here. And uh, let's roll that and then we'll talk about it when we come back. Check it out. The troubled past struggles to make peace with it. In his endless searching, wandering the galaxy, he finds a force. An energy growing within on ancient Tython. A new path is discovered, and a new hope with it. Witness the birth of the Jedi. Excellent job. We want to thank our friend Kane, who does uh, our little Sentry Mode introduction and uh, also the Red 5 outro at the end of our podcast specifically. Thank you very much for that little dramatization. Really interesting thing, uh, stuff. I mean, I, I would definitely love to see a show like that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it really lends itself to some uh, really good uh, uh, material uh, for Disney+. Plus. And, uh, you know, it reminds me of the, you know, he mentions uh, the, the Jedi, as they were originally called. And uh, it, it's like uh, Dawn of the Jedi, uh, which came out just a few years ago, uh, comic book series and uh, some book material as well for that. One of the last things that came out right before uh, Disney uh, bought out uh, Lucas. And uh, I think this lends itself very much to Disney Plus, and uh, I'd really like to see this in animated form. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah you, yeah, you could do it uh, live action, but I think uh, you know, sort of a um, almost anime-looking uh, show with the with the dawn of the Jedi, and uh, you know, first seeing uh, you know the the birth of the light side and the dark side in, in the galaxy, and, and the factions being formed. Uh, I think it's just tons of material 
uh, would just keep writing itself. And I, I would definitely tune in every week to see that on Disney+. Plus. That is actually really uh, a really good idea. I never thought of animation. And obviously, with all the weird and goofy, uh, kooky Star Wars things that uh, happened in the Clone Wars and Rebels, obviously, um, I think that would be a fantastic way to kind of introduce a lot more of this uh, original Jedi type stuff uh, into the lore. I think you can probably get away with it. You can get away with a lot more uh, kookiness uh, in the animation, but uh, something that I guess in the past has worked out fairly well. Uh, you know, you know, I love the uh, world between worlds and that sort of thing. So I, I think that's a great idea. Uh, I'm going to get on the horn with uh, with Kathleen right now and see if we can kind of schedule a scuttlebutt meeting with them. So that would be pretty cool. Um, I want to uh, thank um, one of our followers that actually submitted that. So that, that is uh, really uh, a wonderful idea. And it is AEM Lahav or Lahave. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right. Uh, a dot uh, Edwards, uh, but his handle is AEM lahav so thank you very much that's something that i would watch and especially animation it uh it's a fantastic idea i, I think uh I, I think you're warming up to the star wars stuff uh brad that's a very good pitch yeah i'm, I'm starting to like it a little bit and dawn of the jedi introduced uh concepts like uh the ashla and the bogan which is the light side and the dark side as well as the bendu which is that which is in the middle and uh to be able to connect what happened in the very beginning to what happened in Star Wars Rebels and what's happening right now. It'd be a very interesting show to watch. Tatooine hot takes. We are back. So uh, again, getting some uh, topics from some of our listeners and followers. We appreciate you guys. Uh, Darth Hound had a really good one regarding Mara Jade and Thrawn trilogy. As we uh, talked about that a couple of minutes ago, but uh, we got another one. Uh, one of our new friends, Luke uh, from the Hoth off press podcast. Uh, really great, uh, really great guy. He's kind of uh, uh, been uh, around the, the the block here as far as uh, visiting a couple of our Red Five Network, um, you know, uh, podcasts. Uh, new friend of ours. Uh, he kind of uh, we kind of joked around with him. He seemed to have carried the show last time we did a Scarif Live by presenting all these topics, and he's got one more topic. Uh, you ready for this one, Brad? Yep. Shoot. So, you know, obviously it seems like as Star Wars fans, like you've always said, Brad, you know, it's, it's fun to kind of sit in front of the microphone and talk and speculate about rumors and maybe kind of uh, put two and two together to try to piece together, you know, uh, certain things that we might hear as uh, story elements or, or surprise rumors and things like that, things that are, that are continuing to hit the Internet uh, whether it's official or not, I think, uh, you know, Twitter and Star Wars uh, has this weird connection of, uh, you know, um, you know, giving us uh, news and nine times out of 10, it's probably fake. But uh, we have to always remember just because it's in print doesn't mean it's official or true. Um, but that being said, uh, his question is, what do we think about the knee jerk reaction of fandom when it comes to rumors and news? 
Do we act impulsively instead of giving said news time to settle? Great question. Thank you, Luke. Yeah, Luke's been, uh, he's been, like you said, he's been on fire lately uh, and a really good guy and uh, look forward to having him on uh, the scuttlebutt. Someday we'll get that arranged. Um, but, uh, you know, we talk about fake news. Uh, obviously, fake news has been, uh, you know, cliche over the last four years, but I think uh, we got this covered and Screen Rant and some of those other ones might be uh, some of the kings of fake news, um, clickbait, if you will. Uh, as you know, you and I have talked about in the past, I think the internet is the best and the worst thing to ever happen to mankind. Uh, it should be the best, you know, flat out period. Um, but in many cases, it's turning out to be some, you know, it brings out the worst in mankind as well. Uh, and this is one of those examples. Uh, I, yeah, I, I love this question. There, we, We've said it, there's nothing worse than a, a bored Star Wars fan or a Star Wars fan that's lacking content current content to watch um that's why i'm so glad all these disney plus shows are coming so we can be satiated uh, because in that vacuum we just uh we're just at each other's throats and uh yeah i i'm very much against the knee-jerk reactions my policy has become unless you see it from the star wars twitter account or the star wars uk twitter account or see it on starwars.com don't pay it you know any mind whatsoever until it's official uh, we we've gotten ourselves in so many misdirections by doing that. And then uh, we start arguing about it before it's even a thing. Yeah. So, you know, <clears throat> why even waste your time and waste your energy uh, jumping at these things and until they're official. The, the, that's the thing with the internet. They want to say the first thing that pops in their, in, in their mind. You know, when you're talking face to face with somebody, at least you have somewhat of a filter and you, you stop for a second before you say something on the internet. That's not the case. You see something and you automatically uh, reply to it or uh, retweet it with with comments uh, before thinking it through. And, you know, it never leads to good things. So, yeah, I'm very much against the knee jerk reactions. And I think, uh, you know, we talked, you know, in the prequels, they talk about patience. Obi-Wan and uh, Anakin talk about that in Revenge of the Sith. And I think this is one of those cases where patience would be the best way to go. So, yeah, great question. Uh, I'm against the, the knee jerk reactions. Your thoughts? Yeah, I'm totally against that. Uh, but uh, it, it is fun to speculate. Like you said, we've uh, done it many times before. And uh, talking, uh, like you said, again, you know, at in the schoolyard, talking about uh, latest rumors and speculations and things like that. But there's obviously a way to do it right and enjoy Star Wars responsibly, as I always say. Um, one of the things, though, that annoys me, uh, is that there's no more surprises, especially because we've got casting news that gets uh, released before the project starts to shoot. You've got, you know, news of this actor being this character. And then when you watch the show, you realize, oh, well, I already know who this guy is. He's going to turn around slowly. And, and, and there he is. It's Boba Fett. So that's kind of what I had uh, in mind when I, you know, when I read the news that uh, Tamora Morrison was going to be cast as Boba Fett in The Mandalorian, I didn't uh, I didn't think that they would do that. But, uh, you know, when the news became official, you realize, well, all right, uh, it, it would have been a nice surprise to actually see that, uh, you know, when the program was released. Um, I think the surprise would have been uh, I, I guess it would have felt more. It would have meant more. Uh, so stuff like that kind of, uh, you know, ticks me off. I, I like to be surprised, especially 
when it comes to, you know, sitting in that dark, you know, movie theater, eating my popcorn and really enjoying and, and escaping into this uh, galaxy far, far away. So I'm kind of against, uh, you know, knowing uh, too much before I go into a movie, um, you know, especially on the Internet with spoilers and, and speculation. I'm, I'm OK with speculation. We do that all the time as fans. But uh, those are some of the other things that uh, kind of chat my hide as far as, you know, ruining a surprise uh, for me. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't even like that IMDB has information on the shows right. before the shows come out. But I think they did the best with it that they could uh, in that we saw, yeah, we saw Boba in the first episode. And then they backburnered him for a little while, enough time for us to almost forget about him. Like, hey, where's Boba? Um, and then... There he was again. So I think, you know, and it was sort of a surprise on that one. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I'd rather go as spoiler-free as possible. And then, obviously, the news uh, of uh, the casting news for Ahsoka. And, uh, again, Ahsoka was a character that I didn't think we would see in live action uh, so soon. I think she's obviously a beloved character. And um, the news, the casting news, everybody... Everybody was fan casting her, uh, the the actress that played uh, Ahsoka, but uh, I I didn't think that that they were gonna you know actually do it. But uh, I'm glad they did. I think she did a really great job, and uh, can't wait to uh, see what they have in store for Ahsoka on her own show. Thank you to Luke from the Hoth Off the Press podcast for that question. Uh, we got some more from Vader Rapina, who asked, Why doesn't Boba Fett have the leg pieces from Jango Fett's armor? Uh, real fast, I, I, I want to uh, give him a shout out. Uh, he has been fantastic. Uh, the second uh, we tweet something or the second we say something, he. Uh, he retweets and he likes uh, a lot of stuff that we've been posting. So thank you very much, Vader Rapina, for the uh, the great support. Uh, it is uh, greatly appreciated. Uh, Boba Fett and Django's armor. Interesting question there, eh, Brad? Yeah, I mean, obviously there's real world and there's uh, maybe some storyline, canon answers to that question um, and some storytelling answers to that question. Obviously, Django Fett was created you know, in, in our world after Boba Fett was created. So you have that, um, you have the time in between when, uh, we last saw Django in episode two. Um, and then when we see Boba Fett later, so some time has passed. Um, so I think there's many multiple, you know, there's multiple reasons why he wouldn't have had the armor, but, uh, you know, you know from a storytelling perspective, I think, you know, you want them to be different. Uh, you, you don't, even though he's a clone, you don't want just a clone. Uh, I think tomorrow Morrison, we talked about his casting. I think he did an amazing job. He's literally the same person, but Django and Boba are distinct characters from each other. They don't act the same way. And uh, I think he does a good job portraying that. So I think not having the same armor shows that they are individual characters and then you want to show growth, uh, you know, from a storytelling perspective. I love the new look uh, look of Boba Fett in The Mandalorian. I, I think, you know, he's 
he's got uh, to me that veteran look like he's no longer trying to uh, doesn't have anybody to impress uh, he's at the top of his game and that's who he is uh, so, you know, I, I like that his uniform changed over time and I, I like what we're seeing right now. He, his, uh, outfit even changed along the way during the Mandalorian. So I, I, and I like that. I think it shows growth in the character, uh, and it shows him evolving as a character. So I, I think it's a good move. And it looks like he went to Earl Shive for only 99, 99, got a new paint job. <laughs> hey, I like that paint job. I can't believe people were dogging on that. I thought it looked nice. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Boba Fett is a fan favorite. I know a lot of people uh, are just discovering how awesome he is. And uh, we get to find out even more how awesome he is once uh, the book of Boba Fett comes out. And I can't wait for that one. Oh, that that looks straight. Uh, we, we talked about that. That, that. that scene was gangster at the end of The Mandalorian. I mean, just, you know, he ain't got time to talk. You know? So uh, that, you know, and, and her... Uh, her character is amazing as well. Uh, I think the, they'll make a great uh, dynamic duo in that. I think that's going to be pretty exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much, Vader Rapina, again for your question on Tatooine Hot Takes. So we got another question, another Chicago fan, 76, uh, another Chicago in here. Uh, I like this question. I'm going to uh, read it out and then give you kind of a personal note as far as what uh, I discussed with other people. It's obviously a topic that uh, that gets uh, people's uh, underwear in a bunch a lot of times. Um, so this question from Chicago fan 76, which Jedi survived Order 66? Even for a bit, he asks, which Jedi might still be alive following the Battle of Endor? And I'm assuming that he might uh, be thinking uh, also which Jedi might still be alive during the Mandalorian, uh, because obviously we see Luke. I know, uh, you know, based on, uh, you know, Fallen Order, we've got uh, some Jedi that survive uh, Order 66 and are kind of hiding out. Uh, so it's an interesting question, but, uh, you know, a while back, Alex, uh, Mr. Salty Nerd and I were having a conversation regarding this, and uh, he was telling me that he thinks that if a lot of these Jedi survive, it kind of diminishes the act of Order 66. I don't know. We, we can kind of uh, argue about that. I think it's I think it's fine. He He seems to believe, and I guess a lot of people also believe that, you know, the the act of a lot of Jedi surviving, just, you know, coming out of the woodworks, uh, you know, how effective was Order 66 when you come to think about it? What, what are your thoughts on that? So I don't know if it diminishes the the importance or, you know, how cataclysmic Order 66 was. Uh, I, I would think the bigger issue for a lot of people, and it was for me, was does it reduce the, the significance of Luke Skywalker? You know, we have him in Empire Strikes Back. Obviously, Episode Four, it you know, is now entitled A New Hope, and then Empire Strikes Back. It's really, you know, they admit that they're down to Luke Skywalker, and also maybe Leia as well if Luke doesn't pan out. So we think, uh, hey, they have all their eggs in this one basket, and it's just Luke Skywalker. To me, that was always the bigger issue. As far as you know, the logistics of Order sixty six, I I don't think so, um, because that's a huge huge operation i mean for him for palpatine to be able to get the jedi spread across the galaxy like they were and to all have their own uh squadron of uh clone troopers 
uh, with these chips in them. That's the, the logistics of being able to pull that off are just enormous. So, and what, I, I think they were still numbering in the thousands. They had to still be numbering in the thousands at this point. I'm not sure if we have an exact number. Uh, I know they did dwindle quite a bit from how many uh, were present in the high Republic time period, but you know, it, at a minimum hundreds, uh, I would say probably more in the realm of thousands. And he picked off, you know, over 99% of them. Sure. And I, from a, from a mission perspective, I would say that's mission success. Uh, you're, you know, in any military operation, the likelihood of getting a hundred percent is slim to none. So I think from a realism perspective, I think it makes sense that they missed a few. Um, they did miss a few big hitters, but, uh, you know, I, I think, I think it's more realistic that, that, uh, you know, a few survived. Obviously, we know Obi-Wan Kenobi survived. Yoda survived. Uh, Grogu survived from the Jedi Temple. Caleb Doom survived. Uh, of course, la later to be called uh, Kanan Jarrus from Star Wars Rebels. Uh, Ahsoka, if, she, if you still want to consider her a Jedi. Uh, Luminara uh, Unduli actually survived. Uh, Seer Junda uh, survived. She is the uh, master that's in... Uh, Jedi Fallen Order, and Cal Kestis survived, as you mentioned. He is still uh, alive uh, during the... Uh, we have to assume that Cal Kestis is still alive during the Mandalorian time period. Uh, Terran Malakos, he is actually the crazy, I guess, Darksider that you encounter in Jedi Fallen Order. He had left before Order 66, um, seeing the downfall of the Jedi, and, and he's a crazy character in Jedi Fallen Order. We've talked about her before. Jocasta New survived, uh, at least for some time. She was later killed, but she did survive Order 66. Uh, and uh, there were there are a few other. Uh, Ethkoff uh, survived, and we don't know. We've talked about Yaddle before, and so there there are a few other. But uh, if you if you're talking about what we're still under, what 20 maybe 20 survived, 20 to 25. Uh, and considering they were in the hundreds or thousands, I would still consider Order 66 mission success. And he did, again, we've talked about Palpatine's contingency plans. He did have contingency plans in place, mainly being Darth Vader to hunt down uh, the remaining Jedi. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I've, you know, there was a time a couple years ago where I was a little more put off by this idea that there were other Jedi out there, but now I just think it makes more sense for that to be the case. Do what must be done, Lord Vader. Do not hesitate. Show no mercy. Yeah, absolutely. I don't have a problem with uh, Jedi surviving Order 66. Like you said, uh, there were a lot of Jedi out there, you know, during the, uh, you know, the time before they, uh, you know, they met their, uh, their doom. But uh, I, again, um, that's uh, quite a list you amassed. Uh, appreciate that. That's really cool. Well, I, I had to study, and uh, you know, I always hate to study Star Wars <laughs> stuff, but if I have to prepare for a show, I'm going to do it. But yeah, it, it's a great question and a good refresher on who actually did survive Order 66. How about you? How do, how do you think? Do you think it diminishes the importance or the significance of Luke Skywalker? You know, that's a great question, and it's something that I've never thought of because, you know, Alex and I, uh, you know, really went deep into talking about the fact that he thought it diminished the fact that uh, that Jedi were, were out there. 
I, I don't think it diminishes the uh, the fact that Luke was out there. You know, obviously Yoda told him in Return of the Jedi, when gone, I am the last of the Jedi you will be. But, you know, at, at one point you have to kind of ask yourself, too, I mean, you know, did did all the Jedi, and I guess they did because that would have been the whole point of going into hiding is just cutting themselves off uh, from each other and making sure that no Force-sensitive dark side user would be able to sense their presence anywhere in the galaxy. It's an interesting topic, uh, you know, getting back to even what Luke did in The Last Jedi. It's a, it's a very interesting topic. Um, I think it's, you know, something that uh, we would be, we will probably be talking for uh, a long time coming. Uh, but yeah, it's, I, I don't think so. I, I think they, um, you know, the Jedi did what they had to do. Uh, and uh, and here we are 40 plus years yep. later. And I think it gets ultimately gets you back to the chosen one discussion. And I know Alex doesn't want to talk about that anymore. Alex has spoken <laughs> as far as the chosen one uh, and that being Anakin. But, uh, you know, I still think the chosen one might be a generational thing as opposed to one person. But uh, again, topic for another show. We have covered it and I'm sure we'll cover it in the future. Hey, Scuttle Buddies, Ro here. I just want to say a heartfelt thank you to our patrons, wonderful folks who have found it in their hearts to support what we do. We're lucky to have you. Folks like Amanda, Jedi Caligula 89, Joey Rosales, the Salty Crew at Salty Nerd Podcast, Alex and Matt, super fan of all pods on the Red 5 Network, Nicholas Schaefer, big thanks, Nick, Chad at Hyperspace and Holocrons, and Jay from Florida. If you want to be even more involved in the scare of Scuttlebutt community and feel like becoming a patron, we'd really appreciate it. Head over to patreon.com slash scuttlebutt. And until next time, remember, it's always sunny on Scarif with patrons like you. Absolutely. And speaking of previous shows, uh, I just want to remind you guys uh, on our, we coined a little hashtag called Scarif Replay. Uh, we spoke with uh, Andy and Josh uh, of the Holocronicles podcast. Uh, I mentioned to them that I wanted to do another show with them. And, and this time around, uh, I'd love to have your input as well. We're going to schedule that. But each, uh, you know, earlier in the episode, we talked about Star Wars collectibles and Star Wars and uh, lightsabers, I'm sorry, and things like that. One of the things I wanted to talk to them about, as we learned from Stephen Stansweet when we talked to him as well, that each collectible, each item has a particular story. And uh, I wanted to get uh, a preview from you. Do you have a Star Wars collectible that has a very particular story, whether emotional or, or, or something that uh, really resonates with you, something that you have that uh, is Star Wars related that you hold on to because of that reason? Yeah, I mean, there's a few. Obviously, you have, you know, whenever the movies come out and there's collectibles related to the movies, they don't have to be expensive collectibles. You know, even just the cups with the toppers from the movie theaters. I still love those. You know, I got so excited back in the day when The Phantom Menace came out and, you know, Taco Bell had all those toppers. Still love those. Um, so, you know, anything related to the, the movies themselves, the movie going experience, I love having those as collectibles. But from, uh, you know, a, you know, just a, uh, you know, 
emotional perspective. Uh, the Darth Revan Black Series that I have uh, got that while I was at uh, Star Wars Celebration Orlando uh, with the kids. And, um, you know, that's the one and only uh, Star Wars Celebration that I've been able to get to. And uh, I tell you, that was a that was a hell of an event, and we made some amazing memories down there. So that Darth Revan definitely reminds me of that every time uh, I go into the uh, sanctuary and see it. But uh, you know, I was going to ask you a question about uh, memorabilia as well, and um, it's sort of an off the wall. Uh, mine are you know mostly normal memorabilia items. Do, what what would you say is the oddest piece of memorabilia that you have? The oddest, uh, that is a great question. Um, I know there's a couple of odd Star Wars items that I would love to have. Um, I, I think the oddest one is the uh, the C3PO card with the schlong. Um, oh you actually you actually have that one, yeah. I've got that one, and I've got the you know, obviously the reprint. Um, and I, I I've uh, displayed those side by side. So though, the, how about those the uh, are... how about the obscene Jar Jar Binks with the uh, with the, the, tongue? the tongue? Yeah, did you ever get that one? No, no. That uh, you know the <laughs> the only stuff from Episode One that I got back in uh, what is it 1999? You know, I I did get some of those Pepsi toppers. I was crazy uh, about uh, you know collecting some of those as well um what else did i get uh you know obviously taco bell and pepsi had the big star wars contract uh you know during that time so uh, anything pepsi related was uh, star wars at the time episode one um i did manage to uh get 10 and i i say this all the time i i got 10 uh darth maul action figures because i thought you know i'm gonna get 10 of these sell five of them and then you know get a down payment on on a house yeah. Um, but, uh, that, uh, those plans were kind of nixed real fast, weren't they? <laughs> yeah. Now, now they're half off. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but as far as odd, you know, obviously the lore goes, uh, you know, there's that, uh, weird C3PO tape dispenser with the tape coming out between his legs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, what else? I, I don't know if I have. Yeah, there you go. I don't know if I have anything that's really odd other than the uh, C-3PO card that I mentioned. Well, definitely look forward to talking about some more collectibles. And that was a real great conversation. That was such an honor to be able to speak with Steve Sansweet uh, from Rancho Obi-Wan. And uh, yeah, as I, you know, talking about that, you know, the Star Wars Encyclopedia if you want to call that a collectible or memorabilia. Absolutely. Uh, that's, yeah, that's one of my prized possessions. I still reference that thing all the time. I don't care if it's considered canon or not canon. The amount of work that he put into that was extraordinary. So I still love that book. And apparently it's, uh, yeah, some of these encyclopedias have really gone up in price on uh, Amazon from what I hear. Yeah, which uh, I where there were more than one edition uh, of the one that you have. There were like two editions, weren't is that yep, right? there's that and then uh, the... Uh, I just, you know, recently we heard that the Old Republic encyclopedia from a few years ago that was released after Star Wars The Old Republic, uh, the video game came out. Apparently that's up to a, a couple hundred bucks now on Amazon because they no longer print it and you can't wow. find it anywhere. And uh, I always loved it, but I, I guess I love it a little bit more now. Absolutely. Yeah, I was looking through some of my old books and I do have the uh, Trisha Beggar 
book. She's the costume designer, Dressing a Galaxy. And uh, I remember when I first bought it, it was kind of expensive, but I was looking on Amazon and eBay and it actually commands quite a a price. So I'm happy that I have that. It's a couple hundred dollars and uh, I ain't letting that go. No, but uh, bottom line, uh, folks, if you know you have some of these older uh, collectibles, you know, look them up sometimes. You might be surprised how much value you have sitting on the shelf. And if you ever need to do home renovations or anything like that, any refurbishments, you might have uh, some hidden gems there if you're willing to part with them. Uh, Roe and myself are not, but uh, <laughs> you, <laughs> yeah. might, you, you might be if, if you actually need to do some uh, work around the house. Look for that episode. Uh, we have to schedule that uh, with the uh, guys over at uh, the Holo Chronicles podcast. Uh, looking forward. If you guys have any stories of Star Wars collectibles, anything that comes to mind, hit us up, leave us a voicemail, and we will include it in that discussion. We'll put it in that show. Uh, we'd love to have your voice uh, as part of our show as well. So thank you guys for that. And uh, speaking of collectibles, uh, I, I showed you earlier uh, your uh, your T-shirt came in. The uh, Friends Don't Let Friends Fly X-Wing T-shirt. First uh, live by, and that is amazing. I'm going to put that in the mail for Where is you. that from, by the way? Where, where, where could I have purchased that? Uh, I'm glad you asked. You can uh, purchase that at our Scarif Scuttlebutt Tea Public Shop. And uh, we are having a sale right now. If you go over there and make your selection and uh, use the promo code SCARIFSWAG, you will get 30% off of your total price. Uh, That is such a great deal. We have Scarif Scuttlebutt Design t-shirts up there, but we also have a few of our Red 5 members uh products up there as well so you can kind of uh you know pick and choose and help uh help one of us out uh everything uh red five we've got some red five t-shirts up there some scarif t-shirts some salty nerd t-shirts uh some of the others red five uh member podcasts are up there as well so support your favorite red five and may the force be with you thank you so much for that Any special news before we head out? This has been a great discussion. Thank you guys for uh, submitting your topics for tonight's Tatooine Hot Takes. What do we got, Brad? Well, I think you've been uh, working diligently, as you have been for the last couple of years, on, on the little event uh, we like to call ScarifCon. And uh, I, s- I swear, come hell or high water, I'm going to do my damnedest to make it out there to Chicago. I know you, you've been busting your ass making this a great event. Uh, obviously 2020 presented so many obstacles and uh, looks, you know, 2021 seems to be 2020 part two so <laughs> far. Uh, hopefully this stuff ends sooner rather than later. But uh, what, what details do you have right now on ScarifCon 2021? So uh, later on uh, in the next uh, couple of uh, weeks, uh, maybe next month, we're going to have a special guest come on and uh, Dominic Pace, obviously Mr. Gecko himself. He's going to talk about his new tour that uh, he'll be doing. Uh, you know, last year he did a uh, support small business tour 
and we had him here in Chicago. We uh, hosted him uh, here for ScarifCon uh, last year, and it was uh, it was such a great, great event. Hosted obviously by our friends over at uh, the comic book store Alley Cat Comics in Andersonville. Uh, wonderful, wonderful people. Uh, dude, we had some pizza. Uh, Yoshi Vu uh, was there, and uh, it was uh, such a fantastic. Wait a minute, did am I mixing the uh, Scarif Cons? Was Yoshi Yoshi was the first Scarif Con, and then we have Scarif Con 2020 which Yoshi was not at. So I digress. I'm mixing my scarif cons, but uh, we still had pizza and that's what counts. Damn it. <laughs> you had pizza. You did not have me. And that's something, uh, <laughs> if I can travel, if the Navy is allowing me to travel at that point, uh, there's no other, nothing else is keeping me here uh, or keeping me away from Chicago at that time. So hopefully by July, things have kind of calmed down and I'll be able to make my way out there. So we can do this thing right. Absolutely, my scuttle buddies. Uh, I had such a great time during this show. It's another tattooing hot takes on the Scare Scuttlebutt podcast here on the Red Five Network. Uh, Brad, thank you very much. Uh, always a pleasure talking geek, talking Star Wars with you, especially when we have so many great listeners and so many great topics from our followers on Twitter. Give us a follow if you haven't found us yet. Scare of Podcast on all podcatchers everywhere help us out and uh enjoy star wars responsibly isn't that right brad absolutely and don't forget you can find us and other members of the red five network uh, at red five network.com that's the number five red five network.com but it is always sunny on scarif so let's deploy the garrison and that ladies and gentlemen is the scuttlebutt Greetings, listener. Just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the Red 5 Network family. Red5Network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love. So the next time you're itching for quality content, make sure you head over to Red5Network.com. You'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more. All wings report in. It's the Red 5 Network. And remember, friends don't let friends fly X-Wings. Manscaped.com. <laughs> Beach balls. <laughs>